Hello everyone, welcome to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Let's Chat Myths. This is the series where we tackle common myths in the health and fitness industry, giving our own personal thoughts on their legitimacy and bringing you that study-backed data as well. In this episode, we start with a bang, literally, as Tom tells us about an incident involving eight cows getting killed on a military firing range. We do eventually get into the myths though, and we get into a rabbit hole of our own personal opinion and a few conflicting studies as well. Some really great discussion in this one, so let's get into it. Hello boys, how are we doing? Welcome back. Hello, good evening. Hello mate, how are you doing? Are you alright? Not, not too bad. Back with another another Myths episode. Are we? It's been a couple of weeks. What are we going to be dealing with? Did Andy, did you just say, are we? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no fucking idea. We're pinching off the emails. Don't just any of the text. Just, are we? Alright, oh, okay. No. I'm just turning up. He just turned up five minutes before, like, right, fucking, okay, still hungover. I, I didn't even know it was Thursday, like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, you send out emails? Yeah, what? <laughs> you got my email? But yeah, what are we doing this week? We're back with some myths. Uh, so this week we're going to be tackling a couple of topics quite closely linked. One is CrossFit is going to injure you. Blanket statement, CrossFit will injure you. It's a fact, lads, it's true. CrossFit will injure you. Yep. And then the next one, if you if you do deep squats, it's going to fuck your knees up. Yep. Yeah, that's a juicy one. And that's all, that's, 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 enough, that's another big one. Oh, so, we, yeah. we've, we've cracked it. Done. See you next that's week. That's it. Done. Next week. <laughs> Done, yeah. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> That We're one man- minute fucking in and Andy's already cut off the fucking podcast. <laughs> Ruin the editing. Give me more hours of work. <laughs> I, I was laughing my tits off. I was like, that is so hilarious. That's amazing. Oh. We thought you did because we was fucking taking a piss. Like, oh, we'll see you next week. You <laughs> just disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking convenient. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is like a like a really like going too far no, I, joke. I, honestly, I was no, like, this is well funny. Up. We all got kicked out, but yeah. Okay, can, can I just bring up a point here? Don't you think it's weird that your webcam and your microphone picked that up and then it automatically logged oh, you off as if someone like was listening. Them. That's interesting. They already know. What They already know, but who knows? Say, Tom? Well, I'm not going to say that, um, <clears throat> you know, there are sentient bird-like creatures that are controlling information of the world. But, oh, right. Yeah, well, I tell you, what, you might want to close your window for this because I've got one for you this week. <laughs> right. Funnily enough, mate, there are three outside my window now. Three of them, yeah? Yeah, they've got like little earpieces in. Earpieces? Talking to each other. Yeah, little earpieces, because they're they're getting ready to swap Andy. (laughs) I ain't happy with this. But let me tell you something. This this kind of goes in with what we were talking about last week with uh, cows and cow warfare. Uh, It's not just pigeons now. It's moving on to bovines. Got a BBC News article here. And some of you might have actually read this already because this happened... Uh, sorry, it didn't happen, but this um, article was released on the 10th of July. Eight cows killed at Castle Martin Army firing range. I read this. Oh, the fuck? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. read this article. Yeah. Don't you remember me sending the fucking yeah, yeah, the, screenshot? The screenshot. Yeah, the really cows, got, the cows got absolutely destroyed. I, yeah. No, that sounds really bad, especially like after our vegan episode. I wasn't excited because eight cows got killed. I just got excited because it sounded like a really fucking good conspiracy theory. Eight cows killed at a firing range. I mean, look, we've all been on the firing range and you get briefed. And I don't know if it's you, I don't know if it was just at me, but they did kind of pull me aside and say, well, not just me, the whole lot of us. And they said, like, look, if a deer runs out or anything, please don't fucking riddle it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just common sense that you don't shoot an animal if it runs into the firing range, unless you're an absolute nutter or a carnival. <laughs> but, you know, 
for, for eight cows to get done in on the firing range. It's a bit range. excessive, isn't it? One, Quite you a could, lot, isn't it? One, you could turn around and go, it come out of nowhere. It come yeah, out of nowhere. Eight, one, I get eight it. Eight fucking cows. But here's, here's what I want to know, because the article doesn't really mention it, and that is, was this self-defence against the cows? Oh. Or was this a training exercise gone wrong? Because here's the thing, like, we know, we know that pigeons in particular aren't real. By now, we should know this, right? They're, they're digital, you've they're, they're roboticised. Yeah, it's fact. It is fact. Uh, Mechanised cows. Me- so the cows aren't real now. Well, yeah. In the Second World War, the Germans mechanised uh, their infantry divisions. Now, the British Army, as we know, it's uh, we don't get the best of equipment. We don't get the best of equipment, do we? So we have to kind of make do with our mechanised infantry, which is what we know we're having to do with cows. So here's the thing. Were we training mechanised cows and did they turn on us? Did they become self-aware? This is interesting, yeah, I mean... This is I, deep. This is fucking deep. So we've now got we've now yeah. got mechanised birds and cows. I mean, right, okay. Yeah. The birds are like the spy division and the cows are like the armour division. Is that what you're trying to tell me? So you've got intelligence well, and armour. Well, we've already, got a, we've already got an air force, yeah, which yeah, is pigeons. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've now got like a land army. Cows. Fuck knows what is going to go on with like, like naval warfare. Oh, yeah, I'm not liking warfare. it, mate. I'm not liking really? it. Good, is it? I'm, I'm not liking it either. Like a, like a really vicious like I don't know dolphin. Because they've crab. been trained to. What about a crab? They fucking freak. They freak me oh, out. Oh god! Can you Who walks that? sideways? I mean, at the end of the day, Who walks sideways. I mean, look, crabs are pretty intelligent in the first place. I mean, you can actually go and Google, uh, and you can Google a uh, crab holding a cigarette. So, you know, they're already body stackers. They're adding fuckers. mind blown. You can even YouTube lobster knife fighting. Mm. So, Bill, I know you're vegan and this is going to so be a bit So, they're, upsetting, they're, they're better trained but, than we are. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you catch a guy on YouTube and, like, people put uh, knives in lobsters' hands. It's kind of like cockfighting, but it's with lobsters. And this is Jen. You can actually go and find this on YouTube. Jesus Christ. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty fucked up. But, yeah, um, 10th of July, this, uh, this article recent, came out. Yeah. And, yeah, mechanised cows. Wow. Be aware of mechanised so cows. Top story of the week then. British soldiers, self-defence against eight mechanised cows. Mechanised birds, mechanised cows, and ne- fuck knows what's next, but we'll uh, we'll keep you updated. We'll keep we'll keep you updated on the world of mechanised animals. This is spining out of control. Crossfit Ew. injuries. Yeah, Bill, I bet you I bet you're just like <laughs> Right, this isn't one this isn't what the podcast I want it to be like. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about myths. We're talking about, well, technically, I mean, these could be classed as myths. I mean, some people might not believe the birds. But, well, well, come on now. That's insulting. <laughs> I actually find that deeply, deeply offensive. offensive. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of um, myths that are actually true, but might not be true, who knows? CrossFit injuries. So, me and Andy, we obviously, we use the training modality of, of, you know, functional fitness, that sort of style of training. Tom, you're more sort of conventional uh, compound movements. Basic bit. If you want to put it that way, mate, yeah. We even used to joke about this back in the day, Tom. So before I even was introduced to CrossFit, I was sort of the same as Tom, that conventional trainer. We even had like pops at CrossFit, didn't we? Do you remember, Tom, back in the day when we'd like sort of take the piss out of it, watch videos and be like, yeah. CrossFit this, that looks fucking stupid. And I mean, I have, to, I have to admit, like it was only like, what, two, three years, uh, about three years ago, realistically, that I um, stopped being a dick about it and was able to think objectively because, you know, you can use that buzzword tunnel vision and that's all I had. And the thing is, like, CrossFit has undeservedly become, like, a meme over the years. Um, I, I, I do think that it doesn't help. We live in the digital age of things like YouTube, etc. And, you know, you do get, like, old oh, top CrossFit fails and stuff. But, I mean, the fucked up thing is, is that you can get that with any sport. But I think what it is, stick, it's so, yeah, you can go to YouTube. It? 
Yeah, if you look at like powerlifting injuries on YouTube, it is absolutely brutal. Uh, there's actually one video where a guy's chest cave in and he fucking died. And, they, <laughs> and you can still find a YouTube video uh, up there with lob- with lobster knife you're fighting. To, you're going to edit that. I'm giggling like Andy just that. laughing. <laughs> Andy, what Why the are you laughing? His chest gets caved in and Andy's giggling away. You, you, didn't even have to, you didn't even have to wait for the lobster knife fighting comparison. Sorry, he's already not, laughing. Yeah, sorry, I think you make a good point there, Tom, about um, you know digital age. Cause if you, if, I think a lot of it stems back to, if we go back to the early days of CrossFit, so like 2007, 2008, when they had the games and stuff, when it became more of a sport, if you look at the videos and the film, like the documentaries of that, the fucking form and the way that people were moving was dreadful. And that people look at that and they just assume that all crosses like that. They'll see blokes doing dreadful snatches. They'll see them like trying to deadlift that like, their backs are like really curved over deadlifting. Like you know, is this just in? Is this just in general? Or is this at the CrossFit Games? This was the games we're talking. The footage of the games. Yeah, because it originally started with a bunch of people just throwing down. That's yeah, just like you look at all the old. It, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a sport. It wasn't no. a thing. It was just let's get some fit dudes together and see what we could yeah. do. And it was a pile of shit. Like. In, in the most respectful way, I do love CrossFit. I love where it's gone. But at the start, you're thinking, fucking hell. What, and that's what, what it's done from, really, isn't it? You watch that and you think, well, you're going to get injured if you're lifting like that. Yeah. Going back to the whole YouTube thing for a minute, it's one of those things where you, you, you see like bodybuilders getting injured on YouTube. You do, uh, oh, who's that fucking guy? I can't remember his name, but you know, he's a. Uh, you see his bicep tendon just snap and the bicep just pops oh, up his arm. Strong it looks man. Like a, a when he goes fucking... to the log. Like a yeah, and there's like a, and it looks like a fucking slug just yeah, disappears up his arm. So you know you you can find injuries in any sport on YouTube, and it's all gruesome. I mean, there's that even there's that famous one of a tough mother, the guy running tough mother, and as he runs underneath the electrical wiring, he actually he nooses himself, and it is a dreadful fucking video to watch. I mean, Andy, you'll probably find it funny, but I mean, uh, this this guy literally gets fucking hung on video, and it is awful. He's alive, so we can laugh about it now. But the thing with CrossFit in particular is that it's one of those sports that when it goes wrong and it's like documented, it looks spectacularly wrong. So things like when you see people failing on the kips. So here's the thing. If I was to fail a traditional pull-up, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to fall to the floor. But you, <laughs> So I'm fucking laughing now because I've got the picture. I can actually picture it in my head. That's the thing. When someone fails on a kip, they go fucking launching. They get airtime. They are birds of a feather. And that, you know that they links to top as well. I think people see the amount of there's a lot, obviously a lot of Pigeons. varied, <laughs> a lot of varied movements in CrossFit. So if someone goes online and looks at all this, it just looks chaos because there's just so much going on. It just blows your mind that it's not conventional. Yeah. It's not the traditional workouts you well, see. It's highly complex movements as well. Even examples are well, me and Andy. We've been laughing recently about what's that? The functional fitness games or something? Some like weird yeah, new so sport. Florida, the Florida, Florida yeah. fucking throwdown or whatever it is. And the stuff and they, they're doing there is fucking mental, isn't it? So I tagged Bill in, uh, I'll, I'll try and put it in the fucking show notes, but basically what they do, so you, you know you've got like toes to bars of movement, you know they've got like a kipping chest yeah. to bar and you're trying to touch the chest as they come through, and then they've got like a muscle up as well. What they've decided to do is basically put all these three movements together. It looks like a seizure on a pull-up bar. And at, that, <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, okay, yeah. stop being a twat. And Honestly, Admittedly, I'm, I'm struggling to like picture if all you're, that. If you're listening to this, together, pause, so pause the podcast and watch this now. Go watch this now, honestly. I watched the video and I was still like, I don't understand it. I was like, I, I didn't get one. But maybe, yeah. maybe this is what I'm saying. Maybe we're in this tunnel vision where we're thinking that looks fucking stupid. But maybe that's how people thought back then with CrossFit and how people are sort of moving on, become more, you know, critical and thinking, actually, it's not that bad to do, you know, kipping pull-ups or butterfly pull-ups. And maybe, we're, maybe that's the same with this movement, you know? Well, yeah. CrossFit has been around what? 
since 2000 and some or other. But functional fitness, high intensity, all that stuff has been around fucking donkeys. Look at the British Army. We do circuits. We've been doing this long before CrossFit. So just some idiot, some fucking douchebag decided to put a name to it and sell it as a brand. Yeah, you're, you're just giving stig- uh, like the name uh, a stigma. Yeah. Um, but fucking hell, functional fitness and moving with purpose is what all of us do and all of us train to yeah. do. And a lot of it is just down to efficient movement. A lot of these movements look strange just because of efficiency. They've been given a standard in a sport. And you want to be yeah. competitive at a sport, you have to be efficient in the movements. And the best. You know. So that's actually a really important point. And it goes back to what I was kind of asking about earlier. So when you say that like, this Florida flow, flow, blah, blah, blah. Florida yeah, it could be. Down? We don't know. Florida front We don't down. know. It could be anything. <laughs> um, but these were like this. This is a competition. These people are in competing with each other, aren't they? The objective isn't hypertrophy. And here's the thing. So as we we're just saying, tunnel vision, bodybuilders, etc. Look at CrossFit as a meme, and they're like, "Well, that's." They look at co- let's take the kip for example. They look at the kip, and they say that is not a pull up. Correct. It's not yeah, it's a pull-up. That's the whole fucking point <laughs> of it. Here's the thing. The bodybuilder is looking at what they're doing and saying, how is that going to cause hypertrophy? Because the range of motion isn't there. It's not controlled. You know, it's there's no time under tension. How is that even... What is the point of it? And, well, this is the thing. The point isn't hypertrophy. It's to get you up to the bar as quick as possible. That's it. That's literally it. That's it. That's simple. It's, it's a- you don't train. Well, you, you do train a kip, but you've got to have a foundation of strength before that. Like you're never going to walk into a gym and go, right, we're going to do 20 kipping pull-ups. I well, can't I do pull-ups. that guy on that post the other day. Do you remember that post? Someone, someone said, oh, they said something, they're mugging off kipping pull-ups across it. Ah. I basically said, well, yeah. you, don't, you don't tell someone to do kipping pull-ups day one in the gym. You get them to do strict pull-ups until they've got a built a foundation strength and they go from there and do kip. Look, let's be honest, how fucking boring would it be if I programmed a workout and you two were sat there watching me do this workout you're thinking, okay, okay, let's go, let's watch this competition. I turned around and said, 100 strict pull-ups, 80 toes to bar, 40 fucking cleaner jerks. I'd be there about 20 minutes just doing a pull-up, shaking my hands off and getting back. How fucking boring would that be? So it is... It's just to keep that sort of momentum going because people are paid fucking hundreds of pounds or hundreds of dollars or whatever. You do not want to see a 20-minute workout, some guys like dangling from yeah. a bar trying to get like 100 pull-ups. And not only that, but CrossFit is very specific and it's specific to the competition and the movements done in the competition. So what you just said there, Andy, is quite important. And here's the thing. It's like if, uh, don't get me wrong, you would need like a foundation of strength. So that would include strict pull-ups, as uh, you and Bill was both saying. Let's take basketball, for example. Basketball players would, you know, if, if they've got a decent strength coach, he would have them doing some form of loaded squat. But he wouldn't just have them doing a loaded squat. He would have them doing something extremely specific to their sport. So what is the one thing that basketball players do a lot? They jump plyometrics. But here's the thing. A bodybuilder might look at that and go, there's no time under tension. They're literally just jumping around. But it's specific to their fucking sport. They have to jump. Okay, they're you know they're building work capacity, strengthening muscle, tendons, and power by doing barbell squats or loaded squats in general. But you know they've still got to do something that's specific to their actual sport, and that would just be jumping. So with CrossFit, it's like okay, might do some kind of loaded squat, but uh, no, sorry, let me take that back because I'm not talking about squats. They might do uh, like a strict pull up. 
But at the same time, the whole point is a very specific movement and it isn't pull-ups in CrossFit competitions. It's a kip. So how do you get better at kipping? You do the kip. Yeah, because you, you want to be efficient in the movement that you're doing. Yeah, but it's tunnel vision once again, isn't it? If you've only ever looked at things through the lens of a bodybuilder, you've only ever looked at things through the lens of a powerlifter, then you're, you're just not going to see the point of it. I mean, look, I have no reason to kip. I have no desire to kip. And because I have no desire to kip, I will not really have a reason to do it. But I mean, there is one thing and that is, so this goes with like the whole CrossFit and injuries. And uh, the kip, it's one of those things where like in YouTube comments, Instagram comments, you see straight away, oh, this is going to wreck your shoulders. So I want to ask you guys as CrossFitters, what do you personally think about that? Kipping in particular, is it going to wreck your shoulders? It, it can do if you... So for me, I'll only, I'll only ever do like ten in a set, and then if if I'm in a, if I'm in a competition, I'll go balls out. But I personally only work to about an eighty percent mark anyway. So I never do I never do one RMs. I never do um, fucking max out sessions because I don't want to wreck my body. Do you know what I mean? It's it's tired and fucked enough as it is. You give yourself like a limit. You stand at like a baseline of not going, not doing too much too soon basically so that when you do decide to go to a competition you know you're not going to be rife with injury you're not you're going to have been recovered you're you're steadily training instead of doing too much too soon which is when injuries tend to become more prevalent and you can say that once again with any sport you can say that with powerlifting for example you're not going to do your one rep max every single week you would have like a baseline, gradually build up, but you'd always stay underneath uh, that baseline. And then when competition time comes, you just give it that little extra fucking 5-10% of effort. Do you know what I mean? So it's not just CrossFit. You can say about anything. So once again, with CrossFit, it's one of those things where these movements, although they do look weird, the body does adapt. And it can adapt to kipping. So don't get me wrong, it is a sudden herky-jerky movement. But let's say you build up a foundation with, you know, regular strict push-ups. So you already build that capacity, uh, tolerance to load as well. And then you gradually build up to kipping. So you're not just doing 20 straight away, something your body's not used to. You gradually build up from there and you build up a tolerance to that movement. So, yeah, I really liked Andy's answer there because that goes with literally any other sport. If you jump into something straight away, you might get fucked for it, but you build up a tolerance. I want to follow on from that really good point there, um, Tom, is... So you build a foundation, all, all this sort of stuff. So if you fast forward a bit from the beginning of the CrossFit Games, if we move on now, if you go to any CrossFit box now, it's it's literally saturated with coaches. You go into a box, you have got coaches everywhere sort of monitoring people. I mean, that's why they're so expensive because they're so coach heavy. And speaking of, of the boxes in general, you can't just go in and jump in a session and start, if they say, oh, we're doing a workout today, 100 pull-ups for time, whatever. you don't just jump in on that. You have to do a foundation package. Yeah, you have to pay for a separate foundation package where they take you through every single movement. Not all, that might be lying, I don't know all of them, but most of them will take you through pretty much all the movements you're expected to do and they'll give you that foundation level on it. They'll take you through it, coach you through it, make sure you've got sort of like a basic understanding so that when you do jump in on these normal sessions, you're not just jumping in and going rogue. You've got like a basic understanding. And not, not, you wouldn't get a normal gym, would you? They wouldn't take you through normally a foundation package. So what I feel the problem is with it, uh, and what CrossFit's problem is, sorry, Bill, it's uh, it's because you can do it on your own. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, and and yeah. and it is. I do feel that CrossFit is more dangerous than any other sports because when you're working like a bodybuilder movement, it's very low, isn't it? As soon as you fatigue, as soon as you stop, your set numbers set this. But when you're sort of going for time 
and, and you don't fully understand, you just want to get into the fitness world and you want to start doing CrossFit, it is all like, ah, a bit chaotic. I'll just jump in here quick, Andy. I think the point, the thing is, though, if that is, let's talk not from an, because an army perspective, we've actually got access to quite a lot of functional fitness kit in our gym. But if you look at a normal civilian, if they want access to CrossFit gear, they normally have to go to a box. And in those boxes, to train on your own, it's not no, like... I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I don't so. Know, if, if, like, most, most civilian gyms I go to, what, what I mean, apart from like a rower, they're not going to have like a full-on beaver fit rig or some sort of like proper functional no, fitness rig. I they're think you're looking, the, you're, looking at the, you're, you're looking at, but what, what, is, what is stopping someone to go on fucking face bay or whatever and go... The barbell movement, basically. Yeah, that's not specific, though, is it? No, but but it is. It's part of it, isn't it? The weightlifting side of it. But what I'm looking at, yeah. So if someone turns around and goes, should we say Olympic uh, Olympic? No, because if you look at Olympic lifting, a a snatch and clean and jerk is done slowly. There's rest periods. Do you know what I mean? It's nice and controlled, and it is a slow movement. Yeah. But when you turn around and go, ah, let's do. Let's do Fran twenty-one thrusters at forty kilos. Okay. You could do that pull-ups. in the gym, couldn't you? You yeah, could, you could do, do that normal gym. on a yeah, pull-up bar with a barbell yeah. in my back garden. I don't. You don't have a fucking clue. But first off, thruster is not a hard enough movement if you're not taught about it for, uh, straight away. Do you know what I mean? Being in the rack and squatting and pushing up, like most people struggle with the front rack mobility themselves these days anyway. So I feel this is just my person. You guys might object to it, but I feel that the fact that people start on their own. Because one, confidence, they don't want to tip up into a gym where it's chalk infested, man mountains, chicks that are fucking hench as fuck screaming, even though it's it's not, it's quite intimidating to people that haven't been. I don't go to CrossFit gyms, but when I do like pop in and drop in, I still feel quite intimidated. I'm like, shit, these are some big people. So I kind of feel that I do understand the typical person. So what most people, what do most people do in life? I'll, I'll train at home a little while. I'll do a little bit of this and I'll do a little bit of that. They buy little dumbbells and start swinging them around. I feel that that's where most of the problems do do occur is when people aren't, like you say, coached properly. But then you do you have to have a qualification to open a gym? I don't think you actually have to have a qualification to open a gym these I, days, do you? I, yeah, what CrossFit gym or normal gym? No, any gym. Any, like, no, CrossFit gym, you have to be like a... A level one. So you have to do a two-day course, have yeah, no history, <laughs> two-day course, and you can open a CrossFit gym. Yeah. How insane is that? And I was on my le- when I was on my level one, I had people with me that never even heard of CrossFit. It was just what their company, like their fucking pure gym or whatever, was sending them on so they could say that they can do CrossFit classes. How fucking insane is that? The fact that people are going down there, not knowing movements, but then they're going to be expected to do at least the nine foundational movements that CrossFit do. Do you know what I mean? You, you fucking squat, you, you push press, you push jerk, you split jerk, everything like that. All these fucking foundation movements that we talk about, yeah. overhead squat, everything like that, and then just dump more on them. I mean, that's actually quite common in the in the PT industry is you get all these CPD courses and a lot of them are just, it's for the sake of putting it on your advertisement. And you know what? Hands up, I was guilty of that when I was a normie in the industry, or a newbie, I should say. Uh, so yeah, I've got these CPDs. I've got fucking boxer size. I've got I've got a metabolic conditioning. It's like a Gucci very saying hit, a kettlebell. And to be honest with you, it's, it's stuff that you could learn on YouTube in a five-minute video. And the people, the pass-out rate, because here's the thing, and you know what, this goes for the PT industry itself as well. The pass out rate, the bar is so very, low. very, very low. So fucking low. And there's a reason for that. It's not a 
it's not like a, a government-run course. These are private companies. Now, the thing is, it goes in a private company's favour to say, we have a high pass-out success rate with our students. So they want you to pass. So they will... Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a bit corrupt. You know what I mean? They, they need you to pass. They need, it's in their interest to have that success rate. Whereas with... Um, like somewhere somewhere like if you was to go on any other course or something like i don't know child minding or something like that something completely irrelevant but something that's yeah. serious there's a fucking standard to meet yeah it's there is a standard if you if you're not good enough you know you're not looking after children out the room <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly they, they wouldn't go oh you know it's, it's all right you know you've got all these very questionable uh, browser search history <laughs> things in here but you know we need we need we need we need the success pass rate don't we so yeah you do find that with things like i don't want to say like crossfit courses because i don't know but with other courses it is bloody like that but i mean um i would i would agree going back to one of your early points Andy, i would agree that it is getting more popular for people to do by themselves outside of a box uh, because here's the thing with crossfit it's inherently related to like wads Workouts yeah, yeah. of the day, and with those, you don't always have to have access to a barbell or you know a a high. Well, especially bar. during COVID, mate. Those, thing, those are the bodyweight ones. Now. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a that's that's a really good point. Is um funny enough since this podcast has started, I've gained I've gained a couple of extra followers from my shadow band, <laughs> uh, all five of them, and then they're all CrossFitters, and I you know I do like look at their stories and stuff like that. So I like to I like to interact 100%. with people. I'm, I'm a snooper you know as well. I, mean? I do like to interact. Say interact. I am a snooper. <laughs> So as I was watching people's stories whilst tugging away, oh, yeah. you know, I could see that they're, you know, during COVID, they're they're all doing these wads, these home workouts in their gardens, in their garages, etc. I mean, one person was doing it in the bloody park, and it was just with like a backpack filled with weights. So you know, it is it is quite popular for someone to do it solo away from a box. Um, can I quickly go back to a really early point we was talking about? And you were saying that when you was watching these CrossFit games, like their form was all over the place. Yeah, early on, early on, yeah. Because it goes in, in hand in hand with another point we was making, and that is when you are in competition, you are going absolutely balls yeah, to the true. wall. Risk versus you know? reward. And if you were going 100 fucking percent, you are going to, there is going to be a bit of breakdown with form. And let's look, let's be honest. Look at powerlifting. When you see someone truly going for a one rep max, unless they're an absolute super tier top ten pro, when does a one rep max deadlift ever look pretty? Yeah, that, yeah it's what, horrific, at, horrific at, isn't look it? At, you know look at Eddie I mean? Paul's fucking uh, five hundred kilo. Well, he fucking passed out, didn't he? Bleeding he nearly those nostrils. Yeah, like, <laughs> they were like, "You need to stop." Oh, there's me yeah. laughing. You now. need to stop moving. Just <laughs> lay there, Mister. Do you know what I mean? And this, and this is what this is. Again, we go back to knowledge, and I think this is where most people lax on it, because what they do is go, oh, well, I can just do CrossFit in my garden. I can just do it in my garage. I can just do it here. And I There's can a reason these boxes run foundational packages, because yeah. you can't just do it on your own. But then, the pat and you but then it is like, the, there's one in here, and I'm not going to say uh, the name, but there's one down here, and it's something, I'm pretty sure it's like over 100 quid to become a member. Expensive, yeah. And that's, that ain't fair, man. For someone who wants to become fucking fit, that ain't fair. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a fan of someone having to pay nearly a fucking week's wage to 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 do fitness. Now I would be like, fuck that. I'm doing it on my own. But yeah. Wait out. Oh, oh. no, he's fucked off. Now he's had enough. Now he's gone to do some crossfit outside in his garden. Oh no, fucking Tom's been cut off now, so we're back in again. But fuck me, Andy's gone. Tom's gone. I'm next. Right. <laughs> so okay. one thing I want to say is with crossfit. I don't think the buy-in is always just in regards to the sport itself or being fit, but it's it's a culture. 
I don't want to say cult. Community. It is a culture, and I think people it's like the idea. It's a bit of a cult. It is a bit you, of a cult, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually it is, isn't it? But yeah, people want to pay to be a part of the <clears throat> same community. Thing. Same fucking thing. Community, cult, same thing. And it's a community Not that we've mentioned in, pre- in previous episodes. It's a very tight-knit community. It is a tight-knit community. But, I mean, in regards to it being coached, I don't know how that how that relates to injury rates. Because here's the thing. All we need is one shit coach doing programming for a whole fucking box worth of people for the program to not allow for adequate recovery, doing too much too soon. And then you've got injuries coming along. But yeah, let's, I mean, look, we've got the studies right here. I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm jumping quick here then. So I want to start with this first study because the, the interesting thing is we've got, so I've got two studies in front of me. I know Tom's got another one as well with some uh, that per thousand hours. So the first one I've got is a strength and conditioning. So the strength and conditioning body is quite a well-known body. Uh, they did a study back in 2013. Uh, they got responses from 132 CrossFit CrossFitters. Um, not 97 of them responded with having injuries. And I think it was, what does it say here? There was a f- nine of them required surgical intervention. So that came out with basically an injury rate of 3.1 per thousand hours. And the reason this was such a prominent uh, study when it came out, and it's still even quoted today, is at the time, it was basically, to their knowledge, it was a first paper kind of going into the, the correlation of injuries in CrossFit. But what they didn't know was that at the same time, another study we got, there was another study, sorry, that was going on between 2013 and 2017. That was a long study that was still in the process. So that, that one came out obviously in later on. But this one here at the time was kind of the first one which had that correlation. That's why it was such an uproar that if you read them numbers of 132 people, 97 of them claimed they got injured. You read that and think, fuck me, CrossFit, you're going to get injured massively, aren't you? So, but we're going to get into it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm actually looking at the exact same one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, for people that are interested in reading more into this, strengthandconditioningresearch.com is a really good site to go to for all this kind of geeky stuff. But, yeah, I mean, uh, same thing here. CrossFit, injury rate per 1,000 hours worth of training, 3.1. So 3.1 injuries per 1,000 hours worth of training. Let's compare that to powerlifting, which is between... Between one to four point four injuries per one thousand hours of training. So straight away, CrossFit is in between powerlifting for injury. So I mean, can body- I pretty jump in it, Tom. So yeah, if you, go for if it. you look at that straight away, that's the, that, that just shows you where you can cherry pick numbers because yeah, if you look, exactly. If, if someone said to you one hundred and thirty-seven people was one hundred thirty-seven, wherever it was, and then ninety odd of them got injured, you look at that number, I think that's horrendous. But if you compare the three point one to the four points out of powerlifters, that makes it look a little bit different, doesn't it? Because you're stating a certain set of figures, it automatically looks worse than it actually is. I mean, we did that bloody episode, didn't we, where we was talking about, uh, you know, running and the injury rates of running. And, you know, the the injury rate for that was, you know, for novice runners, people that were new to running, it was 17.8. So let's round it up. 18 injuries per 1,000 hours. You haven't got anyone making a meme of running. I mean, sure, cardio is a meme. You know, no one wants to do cardio. But, um, you know, running itself, no, no one's taking a piss out of running, are they? But, I mean, even like body, bodybuilding is a surprising one because uh, the injury rate is really low for that. But that makes sense because the whole point of bodybuilding, if you think about it, is the com- it's, you're not going to be doing clean and jerks or complex movements. Uh, a lot of the movement, because the focus is hypertrophy, it's going to have a lot of time under tension. So it's going to be controlled, slow movements. Uh, a lot of isolation work as well. So not really anything that is inherently going to be like a little bit riskier. Look, everything, as you said earlier, Andy, is a risk versus reward scale. Everything is a risk. 
You sitting on the toilet is a risk. Ask Elvis. <laughs> Crossing the road is a risk, but it's about the reward afterwards. And you know, CrossFit three point one, you know, injuries for one thousand hours. What was that? Was that, ba- was that based on that that study from two thousand thirteen? Is that the same? So this is like a big compilation of injury in uh, strength sports. Okay, yeah, right. Uh, minus the running one, that's from, a, that's from a separate study. All this will be in the show notes. I mean, funny enough, because here's the thing, like, CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting are like kind of cousins, aren't they? Uh, and uh, Olympic weightlifting, I mean, there was two studies attached to this, and it was between 2.6 and 3.3 yeah, injuries. Do you know what I mean? Because I was... Let's hold on a sec. Sorry, jump in here, guys. Because this is what I was looking at. So I was, I was, I was looking into so weightlifting, gymnastics, high intensity training, just normal running, everything like all the different modalities that CrossFit do. Yeah, what we've what we've got to look at is you you look at all all the injury rates for say let's say for powerlifting. Let's look at their numbers. What was it? One point one point something or other per thousand hours or something or yeah, 1.9 did you say for powerlifters Powerlift. yeah like 4.4, uh, yeah it was, it? It was oh. between 0.8 to 4.4 in between that so okay so we say, we'll give it we'll give it a two just say for instance yeah an average yeah for yeah, an average it up. okay yeah and then and then you look at weight weightlifting what was that so bodybuilding in particular uh it was between 0.2 to one okay yeah so because of how like pretty much safe and slow everything is. yeah but then you look at like the weightlifting. So I was trying to I was trying to get like an overall average. I was looking on it today and yesterday. So if we've got a two a two for powerlifting, we've got say like a three for weightlifting. You've got like a six for gymnastics because that's going to be quite high up, isn't it? Because of what yeah. they're learning. But gymnastics then you, is brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and then you throw them all together. And then, then you say it's CrossFit. Of course, the numbers are going to be high because you're learning more yeah. modalities yeah, yeah. Than, yeah. Than, than most people. You know, if I went to a gym and just went, oh, all we're going to work is biceps, all I'm going to potentially be going to hurt is my bicep. Is that yeah. going to be lower? Uh, yes. Do you know, I, I really like that point, actually, because it's, it's just more you've got to adapt to. Yeah. I really so, like that point. Well, I'm going to move on to this this next study from that because that's a really good point about the adapt- adaptation. So if we go on from fast forward from that 2013 strength and conditioning study, I think this next study was basically in direct response to that because this next study, it took a total of 3,049 participants. It's a lot more than the 130 that S&C did. And they, they basically, these are people who engaged in CrossFit and this was between 2013 and 17. So if you bear in mind that S&C study came out in 2013, this is between 2013 and 2017. So it might make sense this could be in response to that study. So they got 3,049. So that's quite a lot of people. So that's quite a good study to look, to look at in terms of I was of looking at this one earlier. Yeah, you probably were, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I like couldn't believe it. And, and the percentage they got, 30% of participants reported experiencing injury over the previous 12 months because of their participation in CrossFit training. That's significantly less than the 70-odd percent that the S&C study reported. And obviously, this is a bigger number of people as well, isn't it? So that, that this obviously, we'll go, on, we'll go into more now just to kind of I mean, just you, to then, quickly mention something on that, when when studies do like self-reported injuries, etc., we have to consider the criteria of what is an injury. Yeah, okay, so the injuries here then. Injuries to injuries to the shoulders, back, knee, yeah. elbows, and wrists. These are the ones that these are the common, the most common ones. But I'll, I'll link the study in the show notes. But these are the, the main. It's looking at the main injuries. You know, not like oh, I've smashed my knee off a barbell. 
you know what I mean, by walking into it in the gym floor. It's actual Funny enough, you said that. I mean, the, the strength and conditioning research, what, what they posted was a, it was a study, the one I said where it's 3.1 injuries, uh, that mm-hmm. study was done by Hack 2013, and they said, yeah, the most common region, as you kind of said there, was shoulders, and that is to be expected because of the kind of movements you're doing, such as kipping and overhead movements. Such as like uh, yeah, that was the, on this study actually. Speaking of shoulders, it was the highest one, where thirty nine percent of those injuries reported were shoulders. Yeah. Next one was back, then it was knees, then elbows and wrists were the final one. So that make that that kind of correlates quite well. But the, the numbers usual suspects were so much low. I mean, look at that that percentage. It just shows you how different. If you were to look at one study, you'd think seventy percent. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Look at this one, thirty percent, and then this one claims that the injury rate is zero point two seven per per thousand hours. Yeah, and that's based off three thousand and forty-nine participants. I mean, this is like a good example of why you don't just take one study at face value. Yeah, absolutely. But where yeah. you get a load and you come to like a mean. So what Andy was doing there, where he was saying like, uh, "Oh, like we've got different powerlifting numbers here," and then like he said, "Oh, well, let's just round those up to in and meet in the middle." So yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's that's when that's where mate of analysis is coming to coming to point because it all it combines all the research. And gives you what the conclusion seems to be by combining all that data together and cross-referencing it. But yeah, I mean, look, for the people that are still out there saying, oh, CrossFit is inherently dangerous, it's dangerous than any other sport, say, when we compare it to things like powerlifting and normal bodybuilding resistance training, um, I'll just tell you bluntly that that is not what the data suggests. No, but speak, so that data, I want to quickly finish by concluding on that study. So that study obviously clearly shows that the injury rate is a lot less than the SNC study. But what they did say was, I'll read, it, I'll read it verbatim. Okay, so it's, our findings suggest that CrossFit training is relatively safe compared with more train, uh, traditional training modalities. So they're, they're suggesting that it's actually safer than normal training modalities. However, it seems that those within their first year of training, as well as those who engage in the training modality less than three days per week, or participate in less than three workouts per week are at greater risk of injuries. And I think that goes back to what we said about adaptation. You know, when you're in your first year, because you're getting all these different movements, you know, if you're not coached you're properly or you're not doing it sensibly, you're not higher yeah, injured, yeah. Of course you are. And if you're doing less than three sessions a week, you're not giving your body enough time, you're not giving enough... Um, so you're not Allowing stimulating your body adapt. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not stimulating your body enough. You're If you're only doing one clean once yeah. a week... You, how thing, are you going to adapt to it? You're going to get injured, aren't you? By here's the thing: I think a lot of people, like normies that come to CrossFit, who just come for the culture and see it as exciting and just see it as pure competition, you have to treat it like any other sport. If that's the case, you're not exercising; you are training. And as Andy was saying earlier, it needs to be programmed, and it needs to be programmed properly and appropriately. I think there used to be a. Pre- I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I got under the impression that CrossFit used to be less about the programming and just more about the culture of let's be fucking as intense as possible. It's still like that now, to be honest, mate. It's still like I that th- now to a degree. Yeah, I do. I do. I think starting off, and, and when you go in there and it's an early stage and you're you're a beginner to the sport and you don't know much about it, I think that's kind of all you've got. Would you say, Bill? You just literally yeah, you walk so. into a gym and you just want to tear it up. Just do and a you board, think, don't you? You want to do a thousand yeah. burpees of time and that's just hit it. Yeah. And you, yeah, you want to fucking swing from the rafters. You want to you want to be doing hit in every muscle group physically possible. And um, and I think a lot of like young young athletes will get pissed off. Do you know like an old soldier if he doesn't walk out of a gym sweating? Do you know like a staffy or something? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't walk out of a gym and he's sweating. He's like, well, I didn't fucking work out. It's that sort of naivety. And I think because young... they've got that expectation. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. With that... so, with that culture, you do expect that intensity. I mean, can you imagine if someone just walked off of the street, they they, they tried doing stuff at the gym regularly, they'd been to a couple of hit classes, they did the 
Joe Wicks PE, etc. And it just weren't for them. But they've seen all the sexy Insta. Because it's the thing, CrossFit. The fucking it is cross- CrossFit is sexy, se- isn't it? It is sexy. As it is fuck. like no, it's beyond no it. clothes, headbands, wrist straps, let's fucking sling tin. Drink I mean, knockouts. Y- yeah, exactly. It's as Pop the talking. top. So another thing I want to jump in on. So why do, why do most people do CrossFit? To compete, don't they? Most of them start to get fit. And once they get fit, what's the next goal? Well, I want to compete. I want to show my fitness off. That's it's the that, throwdown. That's the throwdowns, yeah? And you think every box does a throwdown and you've got people that dedicate themselves to chasing that comp, yeah? And they'll just pop around the country just doing comps because the idea is to get so good at competitions that you can get to regionals, that you can get to become a sanctional athlete and get to the CrossFit Games, yeah? We all, we all have that dream, uh, anybody that does it anyway. So... Let's look at when it comes to injuries. You're pushing your body. Say you go from one weekend to another weekend, another weekend to another weekend. You're hitting competitions. So 2012 London Olympics, yeah, there were a total of 10,568 athletes. Do you know how many reported injuries there were just from that event? How how long was it? A couple of weeks long? How long was like a person's uh, event? A day at best or a couple days with like adequate rest in between? It wasn't like... You know, they'd do, they'd do a race, then they'd wait, and then it'd come back on to the next stages. It wasn't like you're doing th- three events back-to-back, are you? Uh, some events were just one or two. They'd hit the finals and that sort of thing. So it wasn't like... Uh, injuries. 1,361 injuries. How just many? from the 1,361 injuries. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a fucking lot. And these guys... And this is when it, this, this it boils down to you going 100%. Yeah. Okay, because these guys have a four-year training cycle, yeah? The longest training cycle you'll ever have is an Olympian. Four years Mm. to get one shot to hit a gold medal. Fact. Now, you relate that to CrossFit. These guys are doing that, but at a very, very short time. So they're trying to live 80% or above... Go hard, go home, go, go, go. Because they've got a competition in two weeks. Then they've got a competition because you can just sign up to any competition like that. I've got it. another this one is, in two This weeks. is the interesting thing. So I want to, can I just jump in here, Andy, quick? Really good, really good point there, mate. Because what you're saying is that links to that study I read about most people are getting injured in that first year because they're doing that 100% in their first year without knowing how to do it. They're not being, like the top level guys, they've got the coaching, they've got the recovery yeah. on point. Whereas these lower, these people who are getting into it in the first year, they're trying to do exactly that 100% every wad, every class. They want to show off and be the best in the class. But that, that's not a good thing to do when you're in your when you're new to something. If you're going 100, percent you're more chance of getting injured. And I think that's what that study identified. That do you know what? Uh, that's quite an interesting thing to bring up as well. Because when I was I was talking about programming, wasn't I? And the thing is, a lot of wads are quite. They're just like here it is, put up or shut up. With a wad, it tells you what how many sets you're doing, how many reps you're doing, what exercise you're doing, and then that's it. That's that's the wad. You do it. You you, you either do it or you don't. Where with programming. It's like it's not very customizable. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like here's your template. You just this is what you got to do. Whereas if it was something like uh, you know powerlifting or even bodybuilding, it's very everything is personalized to you from the reps you're doing to the exercise you're doing, the sets. I mean, don't get me wrong with CrossFit. The weight is specific to you. Yeah, percentages. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time, I mean, I have seen a couple of like old little Instagram infographics where it's like oh dumbbell thrusters, oh. T- uh, 10 kg yeah 10 they're like kg. Your standard wads though but if you were to do like yeah. a proper program you'd normally have some sort of percentage based on yeah. your lift or the lifts yeah sort of so like if you've got a that percentage that is fantastic yeah. and that yeah. is the way you should do it but yeah i mean it can be quite um what's the word i'm looking for it's very singular 
it's not periodized or to, to the person. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it is a it is a very sexy sport. And the thing is, like, I I do like the you know I, I've never considered entering a competition. Um, I, I accidentally won a race once a couple of years back. Uh, I, I accidentally run a mud run without meaning to. <laughs> Admit it was more of like a family event, <laughs> and I was <laughs> a win's like, a win. Yeah. I never take that away. And I was <laughs> fucking kicking people out of the way and stuff, but like <laughs> including the kids running it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm down. I mean, um, I'm like that. So for me, it's your ego. Your ego is going to determine whether you're going to get injured or not. Now. You look at someone that walks into a gym, no self-fucking-proclaimed man wants to get given an empty barbell when everyone else has got, like, 40, 60 on it. Most of them, I was there. No, 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 I'll have a bit of weight. I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Especially when it's inherently linked to, like, a cult mentality as well. Yeah, because you want to fit in. You want to be sexy, just like everyone else. You don't want to seem like, oh, I'm a newbie, leave me out on the road. Yeah. It's, with your PVC so yeah. pipe yeah and that's why in the first year people probably as a study said you're more likely to get injured in that first year because you said you don't you know it's that's the way it is I would say it's because you're not adapted yet yeah we learn a new movement we want to learn another one we want to learn another yeah. you know what I mean so many things are coming in there's so many different variables yeah do you know what I mean if you're going to do CrossFit it's great do it just take your time with it guys you know but don't, but do not link it inherently to injuries. No, don't stick to a PVC pipe and think I'm just going to spend fucking ten thousand hours just doing a PVC clean. Because yeah, you might master that, but sometimes you need to just put a little bit of weight on. All right, just get a feel for it, guys. Just be sensible. Next, we'll move on to the next myth. Then, so we've covered a CrossFit there, CrossFit injuries. Next one's kind of linked in the same way because CrossFitters like to do it a lot. It's, I mean, it just looks better, doesn't it? Is deep squats, so after grass squatting is going to give you bad knees or, or knee pain. I mean, this one's been around for a while. So we'll, we'll go back a few years to start this one off. I don't know if you've read into this, Andy, but I know Tom has because he's sent me a couple of, of links. Of course I read so. into it, mate. So if we go back to the, to the 50s, three minutes, oh, classic. If we go back to about the 50s, early 60s, there was a guy called Dr. Carl Klein. And he basically worked with, correct me if I'm wrong, he worked with some, I think it was American footballers. He was working with, working with some sportsmen, sportsmen uh, at the time. They were getting injuries and he was trying to link it to maybe their, their tendency to go deep on the squats. So what he did was he basically built some, it's a self-made gadget is what he basically made, is what they've they've all come to agree on at the latest though. They've all said it was a self-made pretty shit gadget and it was it was basically easy to manipulate. It was a bit, basically a bit shit. And he was using this to test on if the deep squat was giving a knee pain. He was saying that when he released his findings from the study, he said that deep squats stretch ligaments of the knees and this is what was giving him injuries. And as he found this out by the tool was kind of, it was testing the length of the tendons or something, or the ligaments, when he was yeah, using this ligaments. tool. That's basically what it did. But it obviously, because it was such a shit tool, you could easily manipulate it. So if he wanted if he wanted to see a certain result, he could manipulate it to have that result. So that's how he came to the conclusion, to sort of back up his own opinion that deep squats did that. But if we fast forward now, forget Dr. Carl Klein, even though, before, I, before we fast forward actually, the, re- the reason it got so big was because a few years after the study was released, a lot of popular sort of uh, news journalists, they got on top of it and they released it. And even the American fucking army were stopping their blokes from doing things like jump yeah, squats I read and that, fucking yeah. all sorts. You read that? They, they basically stopped them doing these sort of movements because they were scared they were going to injure their troops but, with this fucking ropey study from Dr. Carl Klein and his little well, gizmo. We're, we're not moving on from it yet, Bill. We're not moving on oh, from it Oh, here we go, God. Because here's the thing. Like, what I was trying to say earlier, Andy, about not being able to find this study is, feel like yourself, Bill, when I've kind of tried to find stuff on Carl Klein, it's only other people talking about the study. Yeah, yeah. Other, or other yeah, people exactly, yeah. talking about him. Uh, here's the thing. I had to go to the source directly. I've got it here. 
Uh, yeah, Andy's got it there. He's got the actual thing. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't find this fucking study, and I think the reason why is because it's actually in. Here's the thing: because this study's from donkeys ago, well before the digital era, it's it's in like a paper. It's in a paperback book. God, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Do you remember books, guys? Do you remember I've books? got the book here. Look. He's got the book there. Oh, God, it's actually signed by him. <laughs> it's signed yeah, yeah. by him as well. Oh, it's my dad. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, um, like, I, I did find, like, a counter-article on uh, startingstrength.com, and this is by Tommy Suggs. Uh, Tommy Suggs is basically former national champion or Olympic weightlifter. Uh, he was also, like, a world team coach as well, so, you know, pretty top dog. And in this article, he actually counters... The points because here's the thing, as Bill said, like a lot of people jumped on the article and it became kind of like Chinese whispers. Is there it's kind of like the five minute before rule, isn't it? You tell someone to be there five minutes before five minutes at a certain time before you yeah. know it, everyone's You're there four hours early, everyone's rocked up four hours early because everyone's told each other to be five minutes early. Now, here's the thing I think a lot of things have been lost in translation. As, as the message has been passed on. And when it is, so from a paperback book, it's a lot easier to, for that to happen. Whereas with me and you, we can just go, let's go into PubMed and be PubMed warriors. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We can read the source material ourselves. But um, this guy, Tommy Suggs, he said that he actually spoke to Cole himself and like, in his actual book, there's pictures of people squatting below parallel. Don't get me wrong, they're not going mega deep. They're squatting below parallel and it even says in the book, duh, 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 bear me one second. So this is actually a quote from Carl's book and it says here, it's on page 30 if you want to be that specific and if you do just so happen to have a signed copy like Andy. This is what Carl wrote on page 30 in his book. The depth of the squat position should be controlled with the thighs just breaking the parallel position. It doesn't seem that in his book he said not to do a deep squat or to oh, not okay, squat yeah. below the knees, but he has mentioned the whole thing about ligaments. Um, what he did say, and I'm going to quote this for you here, is he said, uh, da, 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 the depth of the squat position should be controlled with the thighs just breaking the parallel position, as I just said. Much beyond this point, the reaction between the hamstrings and calf muscle begins to act as a pride to force the joint, the joint apart at the front, as well as on the sides, stretching the ligaments. He then goes on to say that so you get something called knee valgus, uh, which yeah. is where the, the knees tend to cave in. Uh, this is particularly on like a squat. Uh, if you ever squat someone like it's brand new to squatting, it's quite common to see. It's where the knee, knees cave in on a squat. Yeah, because it's they're, yeah they're they're finding their most their 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 best way through it basically. What I mean that's that's another argument to be made actually about that. But you know he was saying that uh, the um, the stretching of the ligaments uh, during knee valgus can cause knee irritations. So it's not like he's he's said like, oh, this is bad, you shouldn't do it. But it just seems like oh, things okay. seem to have got lost in translation down the yeah, way. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So that's quite interesting because I came into this. Is this is where the whole thing's come from, isn't yeah. it? This is where it's all stemmed from. Because when you one, told me about this, because here's the thing, I've heard many times, oh, you should not squat below your knees or your, uh, or your, um, so when I say below your knees, I mean your hips shouldn't go, you know, beneath your knees or your knees shouldn't go over your toes, another popular one. God, the amount of people that still spout this bullshit, <coughs> Dr. Joel Seaman. But yeah, I mean... Um, we'll come on to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck me. I ain't got the energy for that, mate. That's a whole <laughs> different podcast. In fact, we could probably invite him on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, 
it's like it just seems like things have been lost in translation, which is easy to do with like a paper a paper book back that isn't quite followed up with a digital age and be pu- published online where we can all access it. But um, I mean, in regards to what we just said about Neve Algus, I know it's just kind of off topic, but it depends on the severity of the Neve Algus. I mean, Neve Algus tends to get demonised by every PT that gets shut out of you know any PT factory or school, as I say. Like, oh, Neve Algus bad, but it's actually. It depends on the severity of it. I mean, if you're doing like a one rep squat max, chances are you might have it. I mean, some people are actually known, as you guys just said, to actually get out of the hole. They use it to bounce out of it. Some Olympian well, uh, look lifters... at Tia Toomey. You know, Tia Toomey, the fittest woman in the world, the crossfitter in the last year's clean, clean event. She was, she was, she won the event. She did the biggest lift, but on her final lift, she had a bit of knee Argus. But that's because she was lifting a fucking heavy weight. But she's yeah. not. She didn't get injured. She's, she's the some top players, so, they, the world, so yeah. they talk. They talk about. They talk about that being uh, not an injury instant, but over yeah. a time you're sort of grooving a bad sort of. But she's not lifting that, that weight every day. You know, it's like that's, no, like and a that, that's another thing, thing, isn't it? So my my views on this are, um, I kind of understand it. I kind of, in 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 certain in certain parts of it, like I wouldn't get my dad to go fucking full depth squatting. He's 70 years old. I would get him to where he's most comfortable. We'd work on it, see how he gets on. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm yeah. going to load him for an instant. Yeah. But doesn't that apply so, to everyone, though? Well, yeah. That apply to everyone? I'd say about any but, exercise. But then again, if you've got if you've got people that want to learn weightlifting and they can't squat, they need to learn how to get low. Yeah, of course. Cool. Because cheap, you are going to catch that bar low. If you do not train, receive, if you stop, the bar low. so if you squat, yeah, whichever. Who, I'm not fucking with <laughs> um, I just, I just do a bit of functional fitness. So if you, if you squat and you stop at parallel and you send back up, basically like powerlifting squat, do you know what I mean? Like, you know you've hit that limit and you go back up. Is it not then dangerous if you come to clean something like like in 140, you're going for one RM in a competition, and you've never been down that depth. Now, aren't we talking? Like, I feel that you should treat 20 kilos or 30 kilos on a bar the exact same as you should treat 120 kilos, 130 kilos on a bar. Everything that we talk about is technical. So, if you're gonna, you 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 watch the Chinese weightlifters, you watch American weightlifters. They are lifting exactly the same. They don't power clean till it gets heavy and then squat when it's when they can't power clean it anymore. No, they will squat the bar, you know, and they will do the exact same range of motion and the exact same rep as it's from 20 kilos to 200 or whatever they're fucking doing. But I do understand that if if you don't need to go ass to grass, is there any point? Like, if there is, in 10 years' time, they come out, or 20 are, years' there time... Are some, and they, there are some studies which show they, benefits of going deep squats. Yeah, yeah but then they, there's also been fucking studies that say that going ass to grass can fucking fuck you up. And, and this is a funny thing about um, sports... Uh, like the more we get educated, the more we learn. Yeah, you know I mean, in thirty years' time, you could turn around and go, "Actually, strength training is really fucking bad. Let's go back to steady state <laughs> runs." You know, and it's ever evolving. Yeah, these these sort I think, of things. I think you're right in that. I think you're right in the sense. That obviously, research is always changing. But I was I was watching Sam recently from um, Squat University. There was a video he did about oh, that issue with squats. Bill. And uh, yeah, I know, no, I know, he, Tom, and he, I know no, and he said it's good yeah, to go, go fucking squat. But yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, but if you don't need to, I don't feel <laughs> that there is a need to go fucking all the way depth, all the way down. If if, if you're never gonna be fucking bottoming <laughs> out, there's no need. 
Sorry, Tom's just fucking I, 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 I don't like squat you, but but saying that, even a broken clock is, um, you know, correct twice a day, isn't it? I've even... <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> he's got he's lost, he's no, lost. Go on. So here's the thing. Squat you is a biomechanical perfectionist a lot of the time. And you know, it's actually links back to the whole Carl Klein thing, etc. And uh, ligaments and how they stretch and Michael's irritation. That, that, that research was done in the 1960s, right? This is a long, long time ago. And back then, things like uh, pain in particular, it was focused on the biomechanical model. So what I mean by that is if you had pain or irritation, then people or science at least generally believed at the time that scientists, it was like, uh, or doctors, physicians, there has to be a mechanical reason why you're in pain. Do you squat and you've got knee pain? Oh, it's got to, it's got to be through the squats then, isn't it? It's got to be a biomechanical cause. But, I mean, it's one of those things where science has come a long way over the years and we now know that. So you know how I say in regards to food in particular, a lot of it comes down to, and I fucking knew I was going to be able to shoehorn this in, Bill, socioeconomic factors, <laughs> right? Quite, yeah. yeah. Let me go. I can't believe I actually managed to fucking do that. I made a meme about it earlier. I didn't know I was actually going to yeah, be able to like fit it. it in. But when it comes to things like pain... We've actually got some... So his thing used to be the biomechanical model, which was if you're in pain, there has to be a biological reason why you're in pain. There is something damaged. There's something actually physically wrong there. But actually, we've kind of started to move away from the biomechanical model, and we've now got the kind of like the cousin of the socioeconomic factors. We've now got the biopsychosocial model, <laughs> which is like a whole... There's a whole different range of what can cause pain. So... I don't inherently believe that a stretched ligament is going to cause you pain or irritation, you know, because as we know from further research, we can adapt to these things. So um, uh, particularly loaded movements. But it's kind of like what you were saying, Andy, about like a powerlifter. Uh, if they was to, if they squatted in a particular range with a heavy, heavy load, and they dropped to a depth they weren't quite used to. I'm not going to say that they're definitely going to get injured. No. But there's an extra risk, possibly. Possibly, because I'm going to say. Because they've not trained it. Yes. Be- yeah, because they're not used to it. Uh, and it's it's a movement they're not quite adapted to. I mean, if they was to do it with like a, a loader that was like, you know, 70% of their one rep max, then I don't really see an issue with it. Unless they was going ridiculously overloading with the volume, but yeah, I mean, if if it was if it was like they had a heavy heavy load and they dropped that extra couple of inches, and it's not something they're used to, their body is not prepared for that particular movement. So I can see where you're kind of uh, getting at. What, there, yeah. no, what what I'm saying is like people live like we look at it like in a in a fitness efficient performance way, but we've already spoke spoke about this. Yeah, people go through their lives without ever exercising. And have a fulfilled life with no yeah. problems whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So to say that, oh yeah, we again we're getting tunnel vision and say we're looking at its performance, performance. But let's look at the average Joe. Does he need to squat ass to grass? Probably fucking not. Yeah, it's parallel. With that. Yeah. Happy days. You know, yeah. if he if he's just trying to maintain, improve a little size become a little bit fitter again we focus in on the performance size but we talk about these ladies that have never even squatted before guess what they're quarter squatting isn't that better than not squatting at all that's like, actually absolutely it. fine people you might not like me? my answer to that but that's fine yeah I think uh, that's a really good great. point because it comes down to specificity as you said training and just exercise for quality of life L- little old doris 
She don't want to go. She don't want to bottom up. No, no. she doesn't want to go after the girl. I mean, uh, I want you to skim. That's a get up. That's an arousing thought. But yeah, I mean, uh, little old Doris <laughs> hasn't got a like a uh, uh, pop, drop, and lock. Do you know what I mean? Is it sorry, drop, lock, and pop, or is it the other way around? I don't know. You're of it. To be honest, I'm man, old man. I, I still say catch, <laughs> and a lot of people get offended yeah. by that. Fucking hell. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean... Uh, Andy, do you want to start Bill? a fucking podcast, mate? I mean... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you later, guys. I'm no longer it's, on it because I've offended Bill with my words. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where um, I'm absolutely fine with glass squats. I'm fine with parallel squats. I'm fine with quarter squats, believe it or not. And they get mean to fucking death. It all depends on what your goal is. I mean, look, little old Doris, it might suit her to be able to just do a relatively parallel squat and I'll tell you why it might aid in her getting on and off of the toilet or getting off of her knitting chair she hasn't really got stairs there's there's no need if she if she can go arse the grass and she enjoys it and there's no poss- there's no sudden increase in injury go for it if you enjoy it go for it uh, power lifter if they can just slightly break parallel fantastic they ain't got to go arse the grass if they don't want to now here's the thing what about quarter squatting because people that caught a squat get ripped to pieces and I'm going to blow people's minds and say, there's a purpose for it. I don't mind it. There is a purpose just, for it, but there's a caveat I, to that. Go I do it. not like, I do not like when you put 45,000 pounds or fucking 700 kilos on it yeah. and then only quarter squat. And, th- and then you put up an Instagram post saying, oh, uh, squat PR. And if you say, oh, a quarter squat PR, fair play. I'm not going to argue with yeah. that because it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, once again, it comes down to specificity. We were talking about kipping earlier, being specific to uh, CrossFit and basketball players, you know, doing plyometrics. Now, here's the thing. People that do vertical jumping um, would actually yeah. benefit but from quarter you squats. Only need to, you only need to quarter yeah. squat. When you jump, you don't jump from a fully parallel squat position, do you? I mean, it's, it, but you, you jump from basically a quarter squat position. And if you was like, um, oh, the fucking Olympic jumping where they, I'm going to feel really fucking stupid afterwards. That one where they jump into the sand, long jump. Long jump, triple jump. The long jump, they don't run up to the sand and just before they actually get to it, they don't do a full on arse to grass squat and then fucking Spider-Man it across the the, the pitch of sand. You know, they basically do a little bit of a flexion and then boom, off they go. They're in a quarter squat position. But... I mean, here's a really interesting thing. Ask the grass squats. So who would they be good for? If you're into hypertrophy, like look at the, look at, look at the female booty workouts. And this actually caused a shit ton of controversy uh, recently, actually. So, you know, um, barbell hip thrusts seem to be like the... the, the, uh, the number one go-to move. You want to get a fucking booty, you've got to yeah. get a hip thrust on. It, it's like I'm, the, oh, I'm game. I'm 20 sets a day. Yeah, it's the soup of the day, isn't it? It's like... All, and it's popular amongst women. I'm sorry if this offends you, but it is mainly a pop, pop, sorry, Bill. It is mainly popular amongst women. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, they all did do. You just assume his gender. Did you? Uh, did you? Just I just. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who I'm offending anymore. We're going to start offending the fucking everyone if we keep going like this. Everyone's going to get offended now, aren't they? Jesus, chaos. <clears throat> Listen, there's chances that I'm going to be found having suicided myself with three gunshot wounds in the back of the head. Uh, and uh, cow hoof prints coming out of my bedroom. So you know. I, I, don't, I don't care who I'm offending now because I'm not going to be around long enough to witness it. <laughs> and there'll be a feather as well. There'll be some feathers in the corner because they're, you know, they're like a, they're, they're joining forces. But yeah, going back to it, like the barbell hip thrust was seen as a, 
up until recent, the main booty builder. But actually, a study recently came out that showed that the arse to grass squat, and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because you're getting that massive range of motion from the from the hips, where your glutes are, your bum is basically doing a full stretch as you get into that uh, arse to grass position. And then you're getting that full-on contraction. So yeah, for growing your bum, arse to grass uh, squats, and I'll give you this study for the show notes, Bill. Arse to grass squats were superior com- compared to the hip thrust for growing your bum. That. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but what it was, was um, there's a guy, and I don't know if you've heard of him, Brett Contreras, the glute guy. And he basically, uh, you can find him on Instagram. Um, I can't because he's blocked me. Uh, but yeah, I mean... Um, <laughs> Who hasn't that, blocked you? <laughs> that, that, that is Jen. Uh, but yeah, like... Uh, he he basically marketed the fuck out of the hip thrust, and like he he prostituted it as his own fin. He made a machine specifically for the hip thrust as well. Here's the thing: there's nothing wrong with hip thrusts, but it does become a problem when you you, you do really shit studies and cherry pick your findings. Because he actually did his own studies on the hip thrust, but here's the thing: he was comparing the hip thrust and the squat. Now the problem is he only had people squat in parallel. What about arse to grass squats? When this new study came along, the arse to grass squats actually showed that compared to a hip thrust, it was superior for glute growth. So there is a place for all kinds of squats. There is no binary, you know, you, you don't have to, there's no one size fits all. And that goes with quarter squats as well. I mean, look, someone might have really shit mobility where they can only do quarter squats. But here's the thing, they can eventually, if they want to, get lower and lower by doing quarter squats and eventually that quarter squat becomes a parallel and if they really want to go rogue with it they might eventually be able to upgrade their mobility to doing an arse to grass squat but there is a place for all different ranges of motion let me just bring it i just want to bring it back to the deep the deep squats equals bad knees you've gone through the whole deep squat thing so i jump in if you disagree what i'm saying here so to summarize i think the main the main concern when people get pain so let's say you do a lot of squats your main movement is squat and you do it and you're getting you're getting knee pain i think the reason the reason for that is is maybe perhaps you're not you're not working at a safe load yeah that that links to correct cycling. If you're not going through a correct weight cycle, yeah, you're going to lead to what is the number one reason for knee knee pain and like lifting is overuse. So if you do if you're overusing those muscles, you're going to get things like ITB, patella tendonitis, osteoarthritis. You know that's overuse injuries. It's nothing to do with a deep squat. You know it's to do with overuse. This is going to go on one of our shirts, but doing too much too soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and as you said about cycling, yeah. it's not correct. It's not properly doing progressive overload. Yeah, of course. You're doing too much too soon. And that's where you get and the injuries not f- from. Not from squatting deep, from actually doing too much. Just to quickly explain, because we're going about all ligaments and stuff like that, and I think I might have even thrown out the word patella at some point, is when they talk about knee pain and ligaments, the phys- a ligament is basically it. what... So we get muscle, ligament, and then we get tendons. So muscle is... Well, skeletal muscle is exactly what it sounds like. Do you know what I mean? It's muscle, isn't it? Uh, tendons tend to connect... Um, I say tend to, they do. Tendons connect muscle to bone. And ligaments connect bone to bone. And they're basically what helps stabilise and, and keep the joint together. So where a lot of this comes down to is the ACL, the anterior cruciate ligament. So the ligament is like a fucking spider web all over the knee, right? And when we... Sc- when we tend to squat deep, a lot of stress is put on the ACL, the anterior cruciate ligament. It's like stretched quite severely, but it's it's fine. It, it sounds it sounds bad, but it's fine because we adapt. I mean, here's the thing: you get all different like um, sheer forces on the knee, depending on like uh, the range of motion you do when you do a squat. 
in regards to knee flexion, I mean, it's, it's actually been shown that you get maximum anterior shear forces when you get to like between zero oh yeah it's like the 60 the, the beginning part yeah. of the squat isn't it like the very beginning of the squat is where you're going to get injured yeah you're going to get injured yeah, more like the squat yeah I mean I don't want to confirm this yet but I, I, I did I remember reading like a Stronger by Science article years ago and this is always uh, I, mean, I mean this is years ago and this has always stuck with me but I need to go back and read it in hindsight I should have probably done that before the podcast but also I remember Greg Knuckles from Stronger by Science and he fucking knows his shit believe me he was saying that actually, the deeper you go in the squat, the hamstrings will actually help out. Yeah, I read, I've read a this. Fair yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's quite interesting. Actually, it might be relatively safe. Isn't it the calf as well? Isn't it the calf and the hamstring work together. The deeper yeah. you go to kind of help. Yeah. you. it's like a support network which will help yeah. you in the, when the deeper you go. I think we'll wrap up there, lads. We've been going for quite a fucking while there. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Is we've it kind of links to both really our conclusion to both of those points in terms of CrossFit injuries and deep squats is kind of it's the it's the too much too soon. I mean, if you if you need to be you need to be progressive with everything you do with any for any sort of movement you're going to do, whether that's CrossFit or squats, you need to be progressive. Otherwise, you're going to get injured. I suppose I should throw a study out there on this as well. Yeah, go on, mate. Go on, get <laughs> I a mean, study do it in there beforehand. Get another study. I've got, in, too, go I've got too busy uh, daydreaming over Greg Knuckles. Um, right, so yeah, analysis of the load on the knee joint and vertebral column—that's your spine—with changes in squatting depth and weight load. This is by Hartman. Uh, what year is this from? Do, 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 do. Uh, fucking out 2013 god 2013 that was a shit year for me right let me just you know i'm just going to skip straight to the conclusion we're going to cheat here um da, 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 da. provided that technique is learned accurately under expert supervision and with progressive training loads so there you go that's a key term there the deep squat presents an effective training exercise for protection against injuries and strengthening of the lower extremity contrary to commonly voiced concern, deep squats do not contribute to increased risk of injury to passive tissues. And actually, that's quite a good little point. It says there that if anything, it might actually, you know, it might contribute to protection against injuries. Yeah, because of the hamstring and calf because, connection we said before. Yeah, and not only that, but here's the thing. When you are training, you're also training your tendons and ligaments. It's yeah, not course, just yeah. actual skeletal muscle. Well, that's a big thing in CrossFit, isn't it? They turn around and they say you're, you, you train mostly your ligaments and tendons. Yeah. That's a big, yeah. big, yeah. big, big, big I statement. Think, I think big takeaways there, really, boys. I think we can say is that any sort of training you're doing, it's important that you get, especially at the beginning, that first year, you get the right guidance and coaching. And that could, because otherwise you run the risk of doing what when you're not supposed to, you know, you're not doing progressive overload, you're not getting enough rest in, you're not actually doing the correct form, you're not working on mobilization, you're just going rogue, really. So it's, that first year is crucial that you get the right I help mean, and guidance. Really. Mobilization is a complicated one. Um, I don't know if that correlates too well with injury. No, I'm on about uh, if you want to deep squat wise, if you want, you're, we're saying about deep squats can actually be better for not getting as injured as much, but you can't do a deep squat without the mo mobility. So that's what I'm saying with the mobility you need. Oh, it, oh yeah, it's, you it's not going to happen. You, you can't do a deep squat without mobility, can you? Yeah. You'll think you're doing a, a deep squat, but you're going to be doing like a deep good morning instead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. You will get into doing that. <laughs> yeah. This is, that's how Bruce Lee fucked himself. I like good mornings, by the way. Just, I'm not going to go rogue with it. I like good mornings every morning. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> right, lad, I'm signing off for the night. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, right, that's me done. I think we've covered mate. it anyway. Fuck All the out. studies will be in the show notes. Uh, once again, if you want to get in contact with us on anything we've said, if anything we've said is completely fucking wrong, please get in contact. As Tom always says, we'd rather be... Um, We'd rather be wrong and know the right, uh, the right information than actually pretend that we're right. You know, we're not we're not all about fucking ignoring the right information. I think it's so. objective though, isn't it? 
I think that's what all of our uh, podcasts have been. Very objective. You might think we're wrong. We, we might think we're wrong, but fuck you, we're not. Yeah. We're definitely not wrong. <laughs> I like to... completely gone rogue there. <laughs> that, that wasn't on my cue card. Uh, get in touch, guys. Get in touch. We'd like to hear it. We would like to hear it. Yeah, yeah we'd like to hear it. But yeah. And look, if you if you do see any like cows on the firing range, sake. <laughs> we are not in a current state to antagonise them. And that's how I'd like to end my thoughts on this. Brilliant. Right, lads. See you later. Pleasure as always. Catch you later. As always, thanks for listening. If you've got any thoughts on this topic, uh, you know, if you've got anything against what we've said, then please do get in touch. As we know, we do love hearing from you. Before we sign off for the week, though, I just want to remind you of our website, chatshitgetfit.com, down in the show notes below. Uh, We'd love you to head over there and sign up to the newsletter. Now, this is just another way that we can kind of engage with you as a listener. Uh, Don't worry, it's not spam. You know, it's going to be probably a couple of emails at most a week. So hopefully we'll see you over there soon. So we will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.